0: In this episode of the podcast, Anna is going to come on and share her birth story and this podcast holds a special place in my heart. I am very excited to hear the story from Anna's perspective because I actually was Anna's doula. So um, I was there for her entire birth and have kind of my own perspective on it. So um, I'm very excited to get to hear Anna share it from her perspective and kind of um, just listen to her viewpoint on her entire birth. So I know you guys are going to love this episode. Hello and welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. I'm excited for today's podcast guest. Anna is here to tell her birth story. I am very excited to share.
1: Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. So first off, Anna, tell me a little bit about how you met your husband and a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Yeah. So I met my husband, um, we went to the same college. We went to the University of Virginia and met our freshman year, I don't know, that fall. So pretty early on. And we were both waiting for sounds so like cheesy in a way, but waiting for a van to pick us up to go to church um, that first fall. And I had this like, oh my gosh, this could be your husband, which is really weird. And I was like, what am I, what in the world? Um, Which sounds, I don't know, very, very corny, but I would say like, in that way, love at first sight in a way, but um he was, had his eye on another girl. So I was like, all right, well, I'm moving on. It's fine. Like, this is whatever it is, but then the next year, we started dating our um, sophomore year, and have been together since, and now I've been married for almost six years this March. Wow, that's actually, like, the most pure thing ever. <laughs> you're, like, you're <laughs> waiting for a church, a van to take us to church. I know, I know. That. I know. So, awesome. um, yeah, we've... Um, been through a lot, but, uh, we also got married like little babies, like 22 years old. So,
0: Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that is like a long time. I got me and Ashton got married when I was 20 actually. So it was, it's just, you know, you're still, there's still so much to life to learn of of life, I guess I would say at that young age. Um, but it's, you know, it's amazing getting to kind of like do that growth together. It of course is, it comes with its own challenges, but, um, I think it's a beautiful thing, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've like seen him become I don't know, like we've grown together, you know? So yes. It's like fun.
0: blossomed into like adults and gone yeah. into like careers together and you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. It is, it's special, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so tell me, how, tell me about finding out you were pregnant.
1: Yeah. So we, um, my husband was a teacher and for, I just say that because I think him like coming off of teaching, he was a little bit like, I need to break from kids for a while, <laughs> So he was YouTube for three years. And so we waited a little bit um, before we started trying and we were trying when we found out we had been trying for probably like four months or so. Um, I came into January of 2021. We both were like, okay, if we could have a kid and this year, that'd be great. And we were both like really excited. And then I was convinced like each month until we actually got pregnant that I was pregnant. But I think that's just because I'd never paid so much attention to my body and. Like little things. Cause you know, we were excited to try, you know, to have a kid. And so month one, when it was like, you know, those two weeks of waiting between, Hey, you know, we ovulated and now we're going to find out we're pregnant. Like, I feel like every little thing my body did was like, Oh, I think I might be pregnant. You know, just like, even if I was normally dizzy, it was just because I was normally dizzy. It wasn't like actually pregnancy or like the placebo effect. Anyways. Um, I had my annual checkup in March, um, with my doctor and at that point my period had been like a week late and so i thought we were pregnant and i was like okay this is like the actual sign i'm a week late on my period and then it came i was like oh my gosh like man this is so disappointing so i remember asking her in that appointment I was like hey like am i sh- are you sure i'm ovulating like i which is i know i was i just you know so paranoid in that time or like i was cuz it took us a little bit but not that long and she's like, your period's very regular. Like, I'm sure you're ovulating. You're going to be back in here in a couple months. It just takes, you know, t- it can take up to a year and more. So like, okay, whatever. And then literally, I don't know, two weeks later is probably when it conceived. So we um, had, yeah, we conceived in March and it was the day I got COVID. Uh, oh. Sorry. Sorry. Day I got the COVID vaccine. Oh, okay. Not COVID. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know it at the time, Um, but I had also been like praying that we wouldn't have to deal with the COVID vaccine with pregnancy, just because at that point in time, it was like still verdict out on whether you should get it pregnant lady. Right. But funny sense of humor that it was literally that day that we um, conceived, I think. And um, I was kind of like, all right, 2021 is over in terms of our likelihood of getting pregnant, but I didn't do the math right, I guess. So (laughs) um, we... I found out April 6th, I remember just because it was my sister's anniversary, um, and I took the test, but I kind of like let my, I don't know, I sort of like not gotten my hopes up just because I'd done this, been around the circuit a couple of times, I'm like, you weren't pregnant, it's okay, it's not going to happen, and I took it, It's like, there's a little bit of a line, and then what does this mean? Is this like a real line? I texted my sister before, I actually told Ryan, my husband, and she has- now three kids. Um, She's like, if there's any line, like you're pregnant and she was freaking out. So um, all that to say, we found out, um, you know just by a little test. We ended up doing the, um, like an ovulation kit thing from Amazon to like the prior two months. I don't know if that actually helped or not. Like it was cool to see the HCG spikes and stuff sort of but I don't know if I'd swear by it or not but correlation, it it did help um, me see things I guess. Right. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting and we were trying and, you know, now talking to other friends, it's like, that is not that long. It just feels that it feels long in the moment. Every yeah. month.
0: Yeah. I think it feels extremely long when you're like intentionally, you know, looking for it and waiting for it and tracking things and looking into like every single symptom you have. Like you said, it can, you know, it's amazing how long four months can feel. Um, and then, you know, every negative pregnancy test you get just kind of, it does, it feels like defeating in a way. So when you finally get that positive, you're like, well, I don't know. Like I, I remember I took like probably in the course of like the first few weeks I was pregnant. I'm not joking. I probably took like 30 pregnancy tests. I don't know why I was expecting like the result to change. Yeah, Um, Every single one was
1: positive, but you know, you just take a million of them for some reason. Yeah. And I don't, I wasn't that excited when I first saw it one, cause I was in shock, but I also like, to your point, like, is this real? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to think I'm pregnant and then not being disappointed. I I showed my husband and he also was kind of like, are you sure? Like it wasn't, we weren't ready to be excited yet. Cause we didn't want to, you know, get real excited and be disappointed. So yeah. Yeah. You kind of like guard your heart against it in that yeah. way. I think for yeah, sure. I think so. Awesome. Well, tell
0: me about your pregnancy, kind of take me through your pregnancy. How did you feel?
1: I had, I think a pretty easy pregnancy, which I'm really thankful for. Um, I didn't really start to feel the normal first trimester stuff until I guess most women do, which I don't know. I was- probably eight weeks in or something like that. And I mostly was um, just kind of like dizzy and lightheaded and nauseated, but I never threw up. So for any women out there that are afraid of throwing up, like I just assumed like, I'm going to be throwing up all the time. Um, And I'm thankful I didn't. And I'm not to rub that in. I know women have, I just like it. um, I'm very thankful I didn't, but I felt like I had to a lot of times, like I was right on the verge, like I sat down and okay I'm just gonna sit and breathe um but yeah my first trimester was was okay and there's like a sense of I think I've heard other women say this too is like you feel the nausea and all that and it's not fun but there's also this reminder of like okay like there is an actual baby because it's really hard it was really hard for me to grasp like there is a baby growing in me um so first trimester was uh fine I guess not fun but fine mm-hmm. everything now in comparison to like having gone through labor and stuff it's just like that's fine <laughs> it was um, all easy right <laughs> yeah yeah everything's fine uh and then my second trimester was was great I didn't have like a night and day oh my gosh once I got past 14 weeks or whatever I feel so much different and better like it kind of eased the second trimester and it was I don't know because I didn't have such an awful one first trimester I, I, yeah anyways Second trimester was great. Um, that was kind of when I started to s- stop being able to run and do some of the things I was more used to. Like uh, breathing heavily was a real thing. And um, gosh, I'm trying to think back to exactly how I felt, but yeah, I felt I felt good. Um,
0: it's hard to like recap nine months of your life for yeah, sure into yeah. like a, a few short <laughs> <Yeah>. sentences. <laughs> You're like, yeah, um, I don't even remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, everything right now is just a daze. I'm like hour by hour living with the baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we ended up going on like a little baby moon out to Idaho and that was really sweet and hiked and um, really, really thankful for that time. I'd recommend some kind of like pre-baby yeah. getaway for um, you and your partner if you can. And third trimester was—I um, was expecting to be like so totally zonked again and tired and all that—and it like started to set in. Um, but you know, I only had a couple weeks in my third trimester. So we'll get <laughs> get through that. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that's when I started to feel a little bit just like okay, I'm getting winded walking, and just like the weight of our baby um, who we found out we were having a little girl. Um, We got the anatomy scan and um, yeah, I'm trying to sum it's hard. Yeah. Trimester was good. Getting up to pee a lot. That was like the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that was new um, at night. I'm a pretty good sleeper, but getting up to pee a lot was weird.
0: And you mentioned you kind of like stopped running. Um, Did you like sub in a different kind of exercise or what did you do for that?
1: Yeah. I did just a lot of walking. That was my go-to. And my husband and I have, it's like an insanity, it's called insanity, beach body or something. Um, We did a lot of workout videos and I would just modify them. So it would not be as intense, but still get cardio in. Right. Um, I did some swimming a little bit over the summer, but that, that was like surprisingly hard. I don't know if it was because I hadn't swam in a while or because of pregnancy or both, but there's a little bit like, oh, this is a little bit scary. How it's how a weird I am.
0: I feel like swimming pregnant's also like weird. I don't know yeah. why. I just, yeah. I, I was swimming, um, Lake Norman while I was pregnant and I was like, okay. it just feels like really weird to like be in water pregnant. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And like being in a bathing suit around people you don't know, which is totally fine, but like people are super athletic and I don't know. It's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. So pregnancy overall, I there's so many things I could talk about, but I can't like remember a lot of it. It's um, too hard to summarize. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of cravings. I kind of wanted to have cravings. That was one thing people were like, what are you craving? What are you having aversions to? And like, I'm not I don't know, I'm not really craving much. I didn't want anything sweet at the beginning. Um, but didn't have any other like major, this is exactly what I want now sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my craving was ice water. So I feel there you on go. like
1: that, like not having, I liked like ice water and cheese, which I feel
0: like are like pretty basic yeah. things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, yeah. So leading into birth, what were you kind of envisioning? What were you planning? Did you do like any birth preparation?
1: Yes. Um, my husband and I did, we read some books, um, but one that kind of grabbed his attention was it's like the husband coach childbirth book. Yeah, one of that. his coworkers recommended it. Um, and it was the same day that I was looking at natural childbirth and came across this Bradley method idea, um, which I would recommend, but I'm not like that's the only way to do birth or anything. It, it was helpful for us because my husband prior to us getting pregnant was like, I don't even know if I can be in the room with you. I just, I don't want to have to watch you go through pain. And it's like, Ryan, you were, you were going to be in there with me. I would and have never
0: guessed him saying that after being yes. at your birth, because Ryan was like, a, he was a rock star. Like <laughs> he was, he was
1: amazing. And he, yeah, he was wonderful. And and the difference I think for him was just like being equipped with knowledge. He's someone yes. that really likes to learn. And so for him reading a book that was geared towards the dad and geared towards, okay, how can I help my wife? It's the premise is like being your coach for your wife. And um, so we, all that to say, we did a lot of like Bradley centered stuff, um, which basically promotes just like not like doing natural birth and the husband being very involved. Um, There are some things in there we didn't support and that have changed like episiotomies. Dr. Bradley was all about that. And we're like, no, thanks. And I think that's kind of change. I don't really know, but anyways, we um, took a class that's like a certified Bradley class, and it's twelve weeks long, which is a lot. Um, and that said, it was cool. Like we learned about obviously pregnancy and labor, but also like how to structure your diet and how to um, think about you know newborn care. So we, I did pelvic rocks like every night <laughs> after that class. Um, and exercises just to get like my body, I guess, used to carrying more weight, but also like pain management. Um, So he would help at night, just like with breathing exercises and help me relax. And the advice that we heard is like, if you're going to do a natural birth, then you have to sort of train for it and um, like prepare yourself mentally for what is coming. So all that to say some of that wasn't actually even part of the actual day but the idea of us like both working together and thinking through like how to partner and all of that was our prep so that was a long-winded answer birth preferences um preparation was bradley and i'd say uh we had what i think a lot of women um in the natural world went of just like wanting to labor as much at home and hoping not to get an epidural but if we needed one like would would definitely get it um if you know, been a really, really long day um, and minimal interventions and um, all that kind of stuff. And our doctor was really amenable to those things. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, you know, all good. I think the only thing I would push for is like, at the end of the day, you're my, you're my client. And if you have, you know, if you want to get something and your husband's like, I don't know, like you, you are the right. one that gives the final word, which is like, yeah, that's reasonable. So. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think
0: I, I, you know, any birth preparation, like whether it's a class or books or podcasts or YouTube videos, like you can't over-educate yourself. Um, And there's just so many different ways to like pull out little pieces of even like listening to birth stories, you know, you learn so much just from listening to somebody else's birth story yeah. and you can just pull bits and pieces out of everything. So, you know, there's, there's no such thing as I think, you know, overpreparing, um, because you birth is so unpredictable. So you really, you really can't necessarily overprepare for it while maintaining like the mindset that, you know, like I said, birth is unexpected. So you have to be able, you have to be yeah. willing to, you know veer off course and and adjust your plan as you go but um and I like how you said unmedicated birth is something you have to train for I've never heard somebody word it like that um but I really like that because it's so true and you can have all the tools all the different like pain relief um physical things but at the end of the day it's your mind that's going to get you through like they're truly people like will ask me, you know, what do you recommend for unmedicated birth? I'm like, you've yeah. got to strengthen your mindset because 99.9% of it is your mind because there comes a point where no matter what somebody does, no matter where they touch you, no matter what, you know, different ball or tens unit or anything that they put on you, heat, yeah. ice, um, no matter what, the, the only thing that can get you through is your mindset. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, you got to train
1: I, that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'd also say... I think I've just been humbled to like listening to a lot of different women and knowing that everyone has their own preference and own story and like we did Bradley and I'm thankful for it but I also feel like finding what works for you and for your partner and making that I don't know like finding that and being okay with with that because like Bradley worked but also a lot of other things I've heard on the like your point of education other podcasts and whatnot I'm like oh that would be cool too and just like trying things on and see what fits well and that way you're like confident that's the other thing is like being confident going in and not questioning and because we had spent so long like thinking about the training if you will it was just like easy we knew it was coming in a way even though we didn't but like we had talked and thought about it together so it wasn't like blindsided and stuff um and last note I'll throw in is We did take the class um, with many other young couples. A lot of them were actually planning home births because it was in South Carolina. And um, the instructor who's a a midwife um, was like, if you're doing a hospital birth, I'd recommend a doula. And that was why we were like, oh, that's a good idea. So even with the coaching or whatever, we are like, we should probably get some extra help from someone who like knows what they're doing. Um, So hence found you and, forwarding, but I highly recommend a doula hands down. Yes. I agree with
0: that. <laughs> Especially if you're having hospital birth, just because, yeah. you know,
1: you're at luck and sometimes
0: it's amazing. You get an amazing nurse and amazing midwife for OB, but you are, you know, it's luck of the draw at that point and you just can't, can't guarantee it. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. Okay. So how
1: did you go into labor? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I uh, was due December 14th and went in for my 35 week checkup on friday november i don't know like in the teens and um up until that point everything had looked great the doctor had always said you know her heartbeats looking good everything looks perfect like you got a great little baby girl which was relieving to us um and at the 35 week appointment i think i was one centimeter dilated and that was the first time we had done any checks and she confirmed her head was down, which was just awesome. Um, so I didn't really think anything of the one centimeter dilated. And I don't think I should have, like I think you can confirm this that women can be dilated for weeks and it's okay. Yeah, totally irrelevant to the onset of labor. Yes, okay, so I was, didn't think anything of it. And um, then that a couple of days later in I guess Monday night, Um, we went to bed kind of early. My husband was tired. I was tired. And that night woke up per usual and got up, you know, peed at 10 o'clock or whatever it was. But at at that point, 30, almost 36 weeks in, um, getting up four or five times a night was pretty usual Mm -hmm. to go pee. And so I got up and one of the, like, I don't turn on the light when I, go pee at night I don't know if that's weird or not but like you know so (laughs) I like wiped and it just like felt a little bit weird like a little bit viscous or like not urine or something but it was late and I didn't think of it got up again wet pee again and it's like this still feels kind of weird uh but it's fine so long story short my water broke that night but I didn't know it um and I did feel what felt like period cramps at, I don't know, midnight or one or two or something, but there was no point in any of this that my mind went to, oh, I'm in labor. Like not one part of me thought that I was so set on, we're going to have this baby at 41 weeks, just because women often, I think go over 40 weeks for their first. And I was preparing myself for her coming a little after. Um, so I didn't wake up my husband. I just kind of was like, eh, I'm, this is third trimester, which is weird. Like things just happen to your body and it's just weird. Um, so I ended up getting up at six, um, with my husband and I told him a little bit about like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Last night this is what happened. And he was able to like, actually see this discharge, which I thought was just my mucus plug. Um, and didn't have any contractions and ended up thinking it's my mucus plug. I texted you that morning um, and just said, hey, I think my mucus plug fell out, but can you confirm like what it should look like, feel like, and you're like, yeah, probably, but we'll, you know, we'll see, but it's no harm, no foul. Like it, you know, it just happens in pregnancy. So um, I kept leaking (laughs) and I just like, something didn't feel quite right. And I guess I had like the mom in the back of my head brain come on. Cause that morning I was like, I have a couple like things of laundry for the baby to do. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things in her nursery. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it just in case. Um, and called you. Uh, Cause I continued to leak a little bit and you recommended we went uh, go see the doctor just in case it was my water. I still at this point we're both like, no way. This is just like weird pregnancy stuff but it's fine um pause and just say we had just met you like that Saturday so three days earlier which I'm really thankful for for. (laughs) amazing timing because Ryan would not have ever met you until you know Monday in labor um we got our car seat in that Saturday it was just like perfect timing had gotten like coconut water and snacks just something on my mind was like okay 36 weeks let's just things ready got a full tank of gas in the car like I don't know it's just Lord's timing I guess I'm yes providing but anyways went to the doctor and um walked in and the doctor just who wasn't our doctor but one in the practice said like hey tell me what's going on I explained this is what happened I woke up you know whatever whatever time um and she's like okay we're gonna do a little test and like see if there's amniotic fluid on it and if so it'll turn blue or whatever I don't really know what test that is but um like okay sounds good I got on the table got my legs in the stirrups and she was like literally just like pressed on my inside of my leg just like get ready to put this strip in or whatever and didn't even need to proceed because I gushed out like on the floor and um she was like wow yep your water broke and I'm glad it's not on my shoes and you, you need to go in the hospital and have your daughter today and we were just like floored um did not expect it like oh my gosh, okay. Um, so came home, like got back onto our work computer, told them, you know, like, I'm going to be out for weeks. See ya. <laughs> and um, I think it was, either my water broke in the doctor's office and that was that, but I don't think so, or it was just a mental block. But either way, after going to the doctor, contraction started naturally, which was such a gift. Um, I had my bloody show literally like leaving the doctor's office, going to the bathroom. Um, And I think baby was just ready to come out. Um, So we came home, packed our bag. That's one thing we had not done. (laughs) Texted you, let you know what was up. Um, And you were great to just, you know, put everything down and like, here we go. Um, And we were kind of conflicted. We had heard, you know, like labor at home as much as you can, as long as you can. Um, and like, don't go to the hospital until, you know, you're three, one, one or five, one, one or whatever. And that combined with the situation, which was, you know, she's at 36 weeks. So she's technically premature. And my water broke at probably like midnight the night before. So had been almost somewhere between like 10 and 12 hours was like, "Mm, you know, maybe we shouldn't be home for a really long time. So we didn't go right to the hospital after coming home from the doctor, but we also didn't uh, lollygag at home, but yeah,
0: I remember we lunch. like found that happy median. Cause I remember yeah. you guys being like, you know, we don't want to go. And I was like, yes. And I, we were, we were trying to navigate this, like, yeah. you know, it's been this amount of time and the prematurity played a huge part in it. I think truly, um, yeah. And that I'm glad we found it, it worked out honestly yeah. great because like you said, it was a mental thing for you. Like the minute your doctor told you your water is broke and to go to the hospital and have a
1: baby, your body was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. We're in. It did. Yeah. It was, it was perfect timing. Like we had lunch and took a shower and went for a walk and I'm so glad we did that. Like we took a little video on our walk. It was, you know, I don't know, half a mile or something, but still just like for us to sort of recenter and on that walk I had contractions and they were probably every like five minutes apart or something um and I will cherish that little video because it was just like that emotion I you know I can't even like tap into it now unless I watch that video because it's just really cool to think back um so yeah I went for a walk and then got in the car and it honestly like worked out really well because I don't even think if you took prematurity out of it like I would have probably gone to the hospital at that same point, body-wise anyways, because I was at at that point, like probably three, every three minutes or so having a contraction. Um, and the car ride, I'm just like thinking about all the different points I've heard from other people. Like the car ride wasn't that bad, but it definitely wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. Made it through. It's okay. Um, things didn't slow down for me in the car, but, um, yeah, got to the hospital and um, went up to triage and we were there for a very long time. Yes, you were. <laughs> it was like, I don't two hours, maybe something like that. Um, and I didn't get a cervical check at the hospital. I just kind of mentally didn't want to know in a way, like I knew I was in labor and I didn't want to know how far along I was. Um, but I think that morning I was three centimeters when I was at the doctor's office. So. I knew I'd at least progressed to three by that morning, um, two or three, one of the two. Um, so yeah, in triage, I think they were like, couldn't really get a strip very well on my heartbeat drink. I don't really know. I don't know why I was there that long, but um, at that point was like definitely in, like, I, I can't like talk really sort of labor, sort of doubled down, um, you know, concentrated and we had learned like, beginning phase should be exciting and like, oh, I'm in labor. And then you get into the second phase of like, okay, this is actually hard. And I'm in the serious zone. And then I'm going to start to doubt myself. So we were in that serious zone um, and got back into the room and that's where I met you, which was great. <laughs> it's great to see your face, but I don't even think, you know, when you're in labor, it was like not time to catch up. It was just like nope. enough time to get to the bed and like brace for another contraction. Yep um yeah and I it's funny because like you know we took 12 weeks of classes and we had done pelvic rocks every night we're like you know we're so prepared but like in that moment I couldn't think like there's just nothing that you know I, I thought probably pridefully like, oh I'm gonna have all these tools in the back of my head but I'm so glad for you and for Ryan because it was just like my mind was I'm zeroing in for this next contraction. And that's all I can think about. And
0: that's all you're supposed to do is just focus on that contraction. You cannot doula yourself or like, no, that's yes. (laughs) That was your only job was to stay in control and you did it beautifully.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, I, it's just overwhelming. I like, don't even know how to describe it and I don't think I need to, but my, yeah, my labor was like a typical contraction and that is just so full body. Everything is just tight and like, you know, so um, yeah I think that was probably like three o'clock or so yes when I got back to the room um, and labored from three until I don't know five thirty or so maybe until my first check yeah I would say right around like right before six. yeah something like that and um, did various positions we did the ball we did like leaning over the bed I don't know when I tried the toilet, but like, wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. We went there a few times. Um,
0: we did the sideline release, which you were great through. I think that, or maybe we did that after your check, because I remember somebody asked thinking that you're, that she might've yeah. been like sunny side up. Was that, yeah. that must've been after your check.
1: Right. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah we did all of those things got to 5:30, and i my body just like i felt like i really needed to push i don't know if i wasn't breathing as much as i needed to but um i was like each contraption sort of felt like it's all i can do to not push so got checked i was at seven centimeters which was great but also like okay so i have three more to go um and i think that was yeah after that seven centimeters when we did the sideline release um which was fun <laughs>
0: Listen, Uh, you did so well with it. Most of the time I can't even get somebody to hold it for half a contraction. Yeah. (laughs) And and we did that because the doctor who checked you maybe thought, and I don't think she even was, but maybe thought that she was sunny side up or kind of like face up towards your pubic bone. Um, so that's a great way to turn them. So I think, I think Anna, you held it for like five contractions. I think we did on like each side. It was you. I mean, like I said, you did really, really well with it. I'm surprised you didn't like want to punch me in the face.
1: You probably did, but (laughs) no, I did. I I don't know. I think so. I, like I mentioned, I'm a runner and I don't think it's running, but I think it's just like, like we've talked about training. There's just this mental endurance aspect and I'm an endurance runner. I'm so bad at sprinting. Um, that it just was like okay it's another rep and a workout and another lap around the track and trusting you and trusting Ryan and you guys were great to just say like hey do you want to try this exercise it's like okay let me do one more here and then let's try that and it was I loved you guys adding variety to like keep you know keep me feeling like I'm moving forward so
0: yeah
1: Yeah, um, we definitely moved all over the place (laughs) yeah which was awesome yes um and you brought you know like candles, hospital safe ones and diffuser and music. And I, I remember like nurses coming in, like in the midst of labor, like, oh, it smells great in here. And I like, remember hearing that in the background, but it's like, I don't know. I can't tell. I'm just like here. Yes. Um, I also
0: remember the nurses being really good, especially when they, sh- they switched and we had um the, the night shift nurse. They were really yeah. great about like and that this is another kind of great thing about having a doula. They were kind of great about just like leaving us alone. Like there were yeah. pretty long periods of time where nobody came in and checked on us, and which is good because, you know, we, us, we, us three, we had a system and we were doing our thing. And then the staff was honestly exceptional about kind of just letting us rock and roll. I think that they could tell that, you know, you were in the zone and that, um, that you were doing such a good job that they were very like hands off with us, which I was very, very appreciative of.
1: Yeah. And it made time, like I eventually took off my watch and I thought I was looking at it, but um, it just made, like, I had no idea what the time was like. Mm-hmm. like. No, I don't know. It was just like a whole, like you said, labor land, labor land Yep. <laughs> go in the zone. Um, but yeah, they, I, I thought the staff was great. And I got to see almost every doctor, I think in our practice in a combination of like going in that morning, plus the person that was on in triage plus the person that was on um, in my early labor. And then the guy who ended uh, up delivering our baby. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, seven to 10 centimeters was probably about an hour.
0: Yeah, that it was, was something like that.
1: Um, but that was also the hardest hour. Like that was where I started to feel the exhaustion and like, I don't, this is really hard. I'm not sure if I can do this. And I remember like going into the bathroom for a pep talk with my husband. I, I, I was like, it's, I, I think I'm hitting that self-doubt. Like it's, it's here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you you can do it. You're doing it. You're like, I can do this. I am doing it. Repeat after me. I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm I remember you it. chanting that. <laughs> um, and it was really sweet to have that encouragement, but like, it was real. And I think that was the time that I remember thinking, like, I don't even know if I could get an epidural at this point, which I think I could have, but I don't even want to ask. But that was where it was, you know, like, this is hard. This is really hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ended up starting to push at 630. 30 um and ended up from then it was a normal i guess two hours Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. um pushed on a squat bar pushed on the back of the bed pushed on my back um yeah i think pushing for me was physically easier because that's what my body wanted to do but in a way like mentally harder because no longer did I have expectations like up until then it was okay you dilate like there's a measurable okay. you're progressing but then pushing I had no like I know the baby's head you know moves down your birth canal and like you want your pelvis to open and all that but there wasn't a sign for me or like a way to check or a way to feel it was just like all I know is every push that I'm doing through contraction feels extremely hard but like I don't know if we're making progress here and we were but like I didn't know it so I still I'm just like excited and to for the next birth to try that phase again because I feel like there's a certain I don't know motion or your body or whatever that you have to like let click and it took me a while to let click or just it took a while for her to come down I don't know yeah, and it's
0: normal to take a while to like get that feeling, you know, cause you've never pushed a baby out before. Um, yes. So that makes sense. Why with your next birth, you kind of are like, I'm excited to kind of like feel like I have that down a little bit more because even with or without an epidural, it does take you a little bit to like get that whole, like, you know, breathing in, holding that breath, bearing down into yeah. your bottom, holding that push also at the height of it with contractions. It's a lot to kind of do all while like, also, you're trying to focus on pushing, but you're, I hate to use the word pain, but you're in the most intense um, yeah. pressure of your life. Yeah. So it—it it, there's a lot going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is a lot. And I think the things that were really helpful for me in mentally staying on top of it um, was having, again, a doula, having you kind of like signal oh you know they're bringing in the labor and delivery cart and like they're kind of preparing you could see slowly the staffs are like making way for babies coming and that was more of a indicator for me than anything in my body telling me i just didn't know body-wise what was happening but you pointing out like oh you're i mean obviously you guys were very encouraging but also those things were helpful like oh yeah okay she is coming like she's coming soon um so yeah, I notes on that. I had a lot of water. I didn't really eat a lot during labor. I know you're not supposed to anyways, but um, had my husband was pushing coconut water the whole time, which was he great. He was so good at that. It was wonderful helping with hydration. I don't think I peed all of labor, which is weird, uh, but I guess, okay.
0: Yeah. It's so hard to pee when you're in
1: labor. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the last, I, I don't know time-wise, but the last chunk when the doctor was finally called in, like, I know the nurse was saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to deliver this baby. Come on, doctor. Like I need someone in here. Um, and I had gotten on my back. I think my back, um, surprisingly was where I felt most comfortable pushing. I was prepared to do like all fours or squat bar or something, but back was where it was at, man. Just put this all the time. don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the last several contractions, Um, when the doctor was kind of down there, ready to receive her, uh, got a mirror and got to see, um, what the effect of pushing was doing on just my whole bottom half. And that was helpful for me to visualize like what, you know, I'm doing with what was happening. Um, eventually got to like feel her head, which was amazing. Um, and still like exhausted. So there's a sense of like, this is really cool, but also uh, all I'm doing is trying to just focus on getting her out and I don't have emotions to process it. Um, and I remember the doctor eventually saying like, okay, I think you're a pretty calm person. I need see. you to get angry. Like I need you to get really angry and get this baby out. And I was like, okay. It, <laughs> and that's no, when I like grunted more. <laughs>
0: you were in such, I know you say like you hit that doubt and stuff, but trust me when I say that you were in, you were in such a good space as far as control you had. I know it doesn't feel like it cause you're in labor land and you feel like you're an animal, like going nuts. Um, but you were in such good control. Like, I don't think you ever screamed even once or barely made a peep throughout your labor. You, you truly did incredible. I mean, from the outside, I would have thought you had an epidural if I didn't know any better. Um, and that's what he was saying. He was like, That's why he was like, I need you to get mad because you were just in such good control. You would just, you'd push perfectly and then rest in between and then push. And he's (laughs) like, okay, I need you to like scream, let it out. Give me every single thing that you have. Like, yeah, he was like, I want you to get mad and like lose it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Which is probably something I needed to hear. That's a good and bad thing because control freak and we'll get in this postpartum. (laughs) Like there's an element of that's not a good thing. You just like need to let things go, you know? So I was the same guy. I think at that point did try to like real and I was breathing out really heavily, like a lot of moaning. That was I feel like my labor yeah. was moaning, but definitely wasn't screaming. Anyways, um she yeah came out on like I don't know how many contractions, but um the doctor was amazing, felt just like a like a the best kind of like grandfather. I don't know if that's like bad to say, but just like he felt so familiar and I could trust him and he was great and um yeah, she came you know I, we saw her head a lot like normal and then had that one push and she came on out and thankfully was crying um from the get-go and had the whole nikki team in there just because of her age and um she you know started crying like normal and got on my chest and i was so convinced that i was going to be falling at a wreck um because watching i had watched like some labors on youtube and whatnot for prior to us going to labor just to Get familiar with it and I was crying watching those so I was like of course with my own daughter I'm going to be falling I was not I think I was so tired that it was just like a shock and all I could do was snuggle her but I was sweaty and tired and like so worn out that it was just it was surreal is the only word I have for it and didn't cry or anything um so yeah I that was labor and it was unlike anything i've ever done before and already back in the recesses of my mind and i look back on it fondly i don't know if that's weird but it's very empowering now looking back but in the moment i remember thinking like how do people do this more than once because this is <laughs> the most crazy thing ever
0: in my life that's amazing i'm i'm that makes me so happy that you can look back on it as like a positive like like you said like empowering experience and you know it takes a while to sink in but I, I know what you mean when you're like, how could anybody do this again? And then as time goes on, you're slowly like, okay, maybe I could do this again one day. (laughs) It slowly becomes like, I I don't want to say like, I kind of missed giving birth, but I'm like, I kind of enjoyed giving birth. Like I, I am excited. I am now five months out, like not yet, but I'm, I'm so excited to do it again one day. So I can totally relate to that. Like it was just kind of surreal,
1: empowering thing. Yes. Yeah. That's, there's nothing else like it. it. There's nothing else like it nothing at all, like in any stretch of emotion or mental or physical experience. It's just yes, so weird.
0: It is. It's just, it's, it's the toughest thing yet the most rewarding. And I think that's yes. what makes it so empowering is you're like, I just did the hardest thing I've ever done in my life.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. So, yes. yeah, I mean, I, I, all in all, I guess it was 20 ish hours or something of labor, but the first chunk was, me sleeping, you know, and yeah. me not even knowing I was in labor. Um,
0: I would start so. your labor almost from like when you started contracting, honestly. And if yeah. you gauge it by then it was, it was fairly quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: it was fair. Yeah. You're once your body decided like, Oh, Hey, my water's broken. It's time to go. You, um, it got very serious, very quick for you. I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You and you and Ryan were an incredible team. Um, and it was, from my perspective, at least, you <laughs> had amazing control. Ryan, he was great. Like, if he ever wants to a a gig, tell him he's
1: hired. <laughs> I let him know. Yeah, yeah. I you guys say did that. great,
0: and it was One beautiful.
1: On that frontier is just I, that's the closest I've ever felt to Ryan. Like, yes, there is something so intimate about that experience, and there was just like moments. I think I paused like once or twice to actually like look at him because I wasn't in a contraction and. I've never felt so close to him, which is so cool that that could also be on the other side of like a baby's coming, but I've never felt, yeah, so emotionally like close and tied to him. I remember you, I
0: think one of the moments you grabbed it, I took, I have a photo of it, you grabbed his like cheek and Ryan just started bawling and I was like, great. (laughs) wrecked back here and I captured <laughs> yeah. a photo of it and it was yeah. so cute because like like you said you're in labor land you lose track of time you don't know what's yeah. going on like you don't know I mean it, it truly is like a huge blur and then you kind of can pull yourself out of that for a split second every once in a while and yeah like pause and I think that those were those moments where you were able to kind of look at Ryan and be like okay like and ground yourself and yeah it was very very special very beautiful
1: yeah yeah that's really sweet. Thank you for the pictures.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> okay. So then she came out and like you said, she was crying. She did great. Um, how was kind of postpartum? Um, immediate postpartum, like healing, everything like that. And then now that you guys are, you know, a few months out, how are you doing?
1: Yes. Um, immediate postpartum was um I okay. I don't know. I'm trying to qualify it. She um, she did well. She didn't have to go into the NICU immediately, but she did end up having some breathing issues and um, that her oxygen saturation was a little bit low. I think it got down to like seven high 70s. It should be in the 90s. Um, so once we got back to our room and the labor delivery nurse was helping us get situated, she like heard our daughter Eliza grunting. And we didn't know that was not normal. We just thought, okay, she's a newborn, but Ryan was holding her for the first time and Um, She was doing this grunting thing, like every breath. And so long story short, ended up going to the nursery first to see if her oxygen saturation would come up and didn't. So I think they came in at like midnight or something and they were like, yeah, your daughter's in the NICU. Sorry that we didn't come tell you, but they just had to take her because it was um, lower than comfortable. So we had, you know, like maybe an hour or so with her in our room before she left. And I think I was still a little bit like on adrenaline at that point because I didn't emotionally have that, you know, oh my gosh, my daughter's leaving. It was just, well, she needs help, so she definitely should go and this is the right thing. Um but now looking back, I'm like that is really hard and sad. Like we never really got that first night with her in the hospital or any nights with her in the hospital. I didn't have that time all to bond. Um, and that's okay. That's what, you know, the cards were dealt, but, um, yeah, so she was being taken care of, um, uh, which in a, in a way there's a blessing because we could sleep. Right. Um, but you know, just hard because we're, we're still getting up. We've got up to pump. So my milk could come in. And so we we're getting up every three hours to pump and, um, definitely like sore, hard to sit down on the bed, hard to, go to the bathroom, um, but all, I guess, textbook kind of recovery in a way. Uh, I will remember probably forever the comical, I think we were maybe laughing about at that point, uh, ritual of every three hours getting up and pumping and like Ryan literally getting a syringe that was a milliliter syringe and getting like, you know, three drops and like taking the syringe to the pump and getting three drops. And the next time it was like, eight drops. And then the next time it was, you know, 20 or whatever and getting that, you know, liquid gold for her to take yes. down to the NICU and, um, amazing that it all came in, but just funny how, yeah, how precise he had to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, we ended up leaving the hospital after two days or whatever it was. And I was fine leaving without her. I think again, I was sort of locked in of like, okay, this is fine. This is recovery. But when we walked into our front door without her, that was when I lost it emotionally. It was like, oh my gosh, walking in the nursery without her. It just, that's when it hit me. And I think being home and like being in our own environment was when I felt I could put my guard down and that's when all of the emotions hit. Um, so immediate postpartum, um, it was just, a. there's a grace in us not having her here and getting used to what is baby life without a baby, but I wouldn't necessarily want to do it that way again. Um, but there wasn't any crying, you know, we, we got some sleep. Um, and she ended up staying in a key for five days. I uh, felt like it was a unique experience for us, but it, I now know it's not, like it's a pretty standard checklist of things that babies have to clear before they're released. And five days also is not very long in the scheme of things in the midst of it felt forever, but I think we were both extremely humbled by the parents to our right and left that, you know, had a baby that was three pounds or had a baby that had been there a month and a half and were there every time we were there. And, you know, we felt like it was a lot to go every day, two or three times, but I kid you not, there were parents that were there every time we were there. And I think just camped out all day at the NICU. And I just think we had to put on the right perspective of, these people are here to help our daughter and they're not trying to keep her away from us, but there were moments where it definitely felt like that.
0: Yeah. It's hard to process. I'm sure, you know, I I mean, it's just a lot to process. You just had a baby, you have so many hormonal things. And then of course, you know, the, the NICU is, is a whole thing itself and coming home without her. It's definitely a lot. So I, I totally understand how it could feel like, you know, they're doing what's best for her, but they're keeping her from you in a way, and yes. like you said, it's, it's just it's all about that like framing your mind. But that's a lot to going on at once.
1: Yeah, it. Um, and she was born at six pounds at thirty six weeks, so I mean she was a pretty good size for being right. early. Um, but yeah, yeah the, eventually what kept her there was more just like feeding constraints, and she ended up doing the feeding tube and all the like twenty four hour marks. And if you're a Nikki mommy, you get that life. But uh, if not, I hope that you know doesn't have to be. a for anyone but basically she had to meet certain criteria of right. volume of food before she could leave um, and billy ribbon and blue lights and all that but anyways we brought her home and my milk came in and I was very engorged um, I think maybe partly because I was pumping a lot um, but postpartum I'd say for me so I'm 12 weeks out I think um, she'll be a month this week or three months this week fourth trimester for me was the hardest trimester or what they call fourth trimester. Uh, My pregnancy was pretty easy, as I said, but I think the biggest thing is I just, you know, I didn't take classes on postpartum. I didn't have expectations on what this would look like life-wise. And the first several weeks are just so unreal in functioning off of like no sleep. Unlike anything you've ever done before, the ritual of, trying to feed yourself and feed a baby and take a shower and like maybe get exercise, but probably not in the first month, you know? Um, And like see family, talk with your husband at all. Like, and all of that is just a lot. Um, And we also, since she was four weeks early, she didn't really eat super well. And so we ended up doing the triple feeding life of pumping and breastfeeding and bottle feeding. So we were both up every three hours with her. Ryan would give her the bottle and I would breastfeed and pump so um yeah I mean I think postpartum for me was definitely like mentally the hardest time in terms of trimesters again not that it's a trimester but that like period yeah right it really does line up like I think now 12 13 weeks out I feel like okay you know we're out of this period and moving into the next one and um my physical recovery, I think was pretty good. I I had a first degree tear. Um, so definitely that first probably two weeks of even just peeing, like had some burning, um, your body's like sweating a lot, getting rid of fluids in that first week. Um, night sweats. Oh my gosh. Night sweats. I, I was not expecting night sweats. I had no idea that that was a thing and
0: wake up like in a pool
1: yes woke up in a pool and i thought just like man i'm really not like regulating well but i didn't know that was part of postpartum i remember waking up in a pool and then going pee before we were about to feed her and in the span of that time like two minutes or something went from extremely hot to like shivering and couldn't get off the toilet because i was so cold um it's like what in the world is happening so
0: i think it's like you get up in that sweat that you just like were sleeping in dries on you and the air hits you and then it's like you're shivering because I remember that exact same thing when you go to the yeah. bathroom.
1: Yes. Which is so weird. It almost felt, it felt like a contraction. I think I was like coming off of labor, but my, my body was shivering so much that I was tight and shaking. And oh, it was like, Oh, PTSD. You have PTSD. <laughs> yes. um, so yeah, I mean, postpartum, I think was what, you know, happens to everyone. You have some bleeding, your body's sore, like you have a ton of fluid, you're lost a lot of blood. It's just like you're tired and you're doing a lot plus taking care of a newborn, Uh, but nothing like, you know, out of the ordinary. Um, And I had a weird, not weird, but I had a lump in my right breast, which I thought was just felt kind of weird. Lactation consultant suggested seeing my doctor just because it was correlated with um, milk production being kind of low. Um, That combined with, Another issue. I, I went in at four weeks just to get a checkup from my doctor, and that functioned essentially as my six-week checkup. then at that point, I think I had one stitch left, and she um, checked everything out, and I was cleared. Essentially, she just said like You're doing great, and you can start exercising if you want, which I didn't immediately. But um, all that to say, immediate postpartum was, I think, pretty good um, physically. And I'm so thankful for that. Again, hearing other women's stories and like, it can go so many directions. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that I've felt continued is pelvic floor slash, uh, core has been a little weird. I've had some soreness. I think, um, having gone to a PT, she said, I have a little bit of diastasis recti lingering, and I didn't really know that. So, um, that's been unexpected, but overall I've been, um, pretty good physically, was able to get some exercise and run in and um, we've chosen to breastfeed and that has been a journey. Uh, I think learning perspective, like why I'd even wanna share what I wanna say to moms on that note is just like holding motherhood loosely and like what you expect for your child loosely and that like, you know, I was imagining great I did non-medicated birth and we're gonna have this like natural breastfeeding life and it's going to be so easy and whatnot. And she just is not great at breastfeeding. Just like we tried, we've tried for months and we'll continue every once in a while, but, um, her latch is not amazing. It's fine, but she comes off a lot. And even now three months in, she's only getting about two ounces in 40 minutes. And that, um, is just doing that every three hours. Plus her not getting enough food is just a decision I had to come to peace with of she's not going to be a fully like me and her breastfeed baby. Um, I've chosen to pump and just give her breast milk. And the short of it is she's growing and she's healthy. And, you know, that's something be super thankful for. And I think I beat myself up for a while and tried to force her into like, this has got to work. We got to do this. And for whatever reasons, that's not, you know, how we do our feeding um so that took me many lactation consultants and many weeks and months to come to peace with yeah um and i was very overwhelmed with what is the right way to do this and there's no one that's going to tell you this is the right way you have to figure it out on your own what works for you and that frustrated me because i wanted the answer and i wanted to just execute and that's not how it works so also she's sleeping and you can probably hear her snoring a little bit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was hearing that. her
0: snoring here. Okay. Um, no. And, and and honestly, like I applaud you for, you know, it. I you can't take it lightly, like the sacrifice that you're making, even choosing to pump, because that is just as much hard work, if not even more hard work than, than solely breastfeeding a baby. Um, Because, you know, pumping is a sacrifice that it takes a lot of time. You know, you, you have to go and pump it and then you have to go back and feed it to baby. And, you know, I just, I really applaud you for for, you know, making that sacrifice of your own time and effort and and washing all those pump parts <laughs> to, yes. to pump. But, um, you know, not to not to say that, you know, breastfeeding is th- the way to do it or that it's better than bottle feeding. You know, whether you breastfeed or bottle feed a baby formula like it, you know, to each their own. Everybody's going to figure out their own thing. Um, but It, of course, breast milk is, is amazing and it's a great thing for her to eat. So you, you making that sacrifice to, to do the pumping is, is not in vain. Basically, you know, it's, it's worth it.
1: (laughs) Yes, Yeah. It's been a, it's been a journey. Yeah. So we brought her home at day five, went to the pediatrician the next day, thought again, breastfeeding that we were doing great. She was like very engaged in the NICU when I went to go feed her breastfeeding. So I thought, oh, she's doing great. She's a champ kind of find out she had taken like a half an ounce once we did a weighted feed. Um, so I say that and just like feeding has been probably our biggest journey with her. Um, and within that first week, she you know, had a lot of liquidy poops as breast milk babies do, but there is a day when she had, I think like 13 or something of that nature. Um, and it was pretty greed. And it, anyways, we ended up going to the ER, new parents and didn't recognize that everything was fine. But um, we thought she had diarrhea and come to find out, it, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but she was fine. Um, the, our pediatrician ended up a couple days after that, just like, yeah, that is a lot. Let's maybe think about her having an intolerance to cow milk protein. And they did um, a stool test. I forget the name of the test, but did a little sample of her call stool. Call, probably just to see if there's yep, blood That's in exactly it. what it was. And um, they tested and saw that she had whatever reaction and it's likely that it's a cow milk protein allergy. So um, that was, I think two weeks out, maybe when we got that um, diagnosis and cut out dairy. And I've been dairy free since then, which you know, we've gotten a lot of questions of like, has that been hard? And like you, like I love cheese. <laughs> My in-laws are like, when Anna's coming, she should have cheese in the fridge. Like they know I love cheese. Um, but as to whether it's been hard or not, I'd say no, because at the moment, like she wasn't gaining weight. She had, she didn't reach birth weight until three weeks out and seeing how much she was pooping, but also how much pain, like she seemed to be in during feedings and after feedings, or maybe not pain, but just being unsettled. Right. Um, like as a mom, I'd say that's like one thing early on that I felt was like, this is an easy mom decision. Mm-hmm. If I can cut out dairy and she will gain weight and she will, you know, feel better, less issues GI wise. Definitely. Especially because now there's so many substitutes. Um, so yeah, then dairy free. She also has reflux. So, uh, a lot of time burping, um, and making sure she's not have air bubbles. We've ended up, giving her some medicine daily, um, to help with that. And it seemed to help a lot. Um, I say bottles too. We did a lot of bottle feeding of breast milk and ended up correlating like one bottle in particular was one that caused uh, spit up like massive spit ups, not just like a little bit, but like she would projectile everything. So all that to say bottles matter. I like can not just, yes. if they suck it down great, but they can have 10 minutes later spit it all back up based on the bottle you're using so just a little plug and like make sure you figure out what bottle works for you and your baby and we've ended up using dr brown's and it's worked really well for her but that's great um yeah feeding wise, that's where we are um she's been gaining weight really well since then and yeah she's doing well she's smiling (laughs) and happy and starting to talk and now 12 weeks out feel like we can kind of all breathe as a family which is great
0: yeah I think that honestly like I know in the U.S. most jobs even if you're lucky which is crazy um give you 12 weeks of maternity leave which in no way shape or form is that long enough but I will say that um I do feel like in most cases you kind of start to turn a corner around then um I would say between like 12 and 16 weeks for me is when I was like, okay, I can like breathe and shower and like, even maybe think about going to the gym um, yeah. and kind of like doing stuff for myself. It really, I would say like 16 weeks, honestly, is when like a, a lot of things got a lot better. Um, Yeah. But it is, it is crazy how, you know, I, I, those first few months, it's very real. And you know, there's just, there's so many obstacles. These babies don't come with an instruction manual. And you know, when it comes to breastfeeding, we've never breastfed a baby before, most likely if it's your first Um, and every baby has never breastfed before and they've never had to sleep outside of the womb. And you just don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work and what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. And um, yeah, they just, they don't come with an instruction manual. Something works one day and it doesn't work the next day. Um, so those, those first three months are truthfully trial and error. It's you guys yes. trying to learn each other because you, you, you know, it's a whole another human being, a whole new life that you are responsible for. And, um, it takes a few months to, to get that down and get that figured out for sure. If not 18 years of their life to figure it yes. out. truthfully. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think there's also an element of, we did some reading prior to her coming about newborns, but I mean, you can read a lot and like feel like you have an instruction manual, but you don't know what your baby is gonna be like until your baby comes. And like you said, you have to figure out what works for you and works for your baby. And one book might have one snippet that's applicable to your baby, another book might have another, or it might just be a friend you're talking to, but it truly is just experimentation. And like one day works and the next day you try something new. If it works again, try it again. Or if it doesn't, you switch it up.
0: Yes, that's awesome. Well, Anna, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I loved hearing it from your point of view. And just like even taking myself back to those moments, it was just so beautiful and so special. And of course, I was honored to be there and be a part of of your birth. Um, Do you have like a top piece of advice? Just one last thing, like a top piece of advice for
1: a mom? What would you kind of say would be yours? Yeah, I'd say two. One is that there's no right way to do it. i I think that I really wanted the instruction manual and I wanted where to be the best way and the right way. And I wanted that for weeks before I let that go and just know that as a mom, it's gonna be frustrating but there is no one right way and you have to find what that is for you. And there are many right ways, I guess is what I would say. And then the other is, it's okay if you don't feel like you have the identity of a mom right away. I uh, didn't really feel like a mom and I'm starting to slowly feel like one now, three months out. And I, I wanted this flood of maternal instinct and love and joy and my identity is so secure in this motherhood thing to be there from day one and from holding her the first time. And I'd say it's taken a bit for me to grow into that. There's so much that changes in your life. You know, you were maybe a wife and sister and daughter, all these things, but mom is a whole new title and it's a big one. And it takes, at least for me, it has taken a bit of time to understand what that means for me and for my daughter and for how I relate to my husband and that. And I guess I would just say in terms of expectations, it's okay if, you know, from second one that you touch your baby, you're not just like, oh, I know who I am now as a mom. And I get it. It's, it takes time even to feel like, um, mom, It can, at least for me, it yeah. kind of like has taken time. Right. right. Um, and that's okay. Like give yourself grace and give yourself a freedom to adjust to what is new for everyone.
0: Yeah. I like that because I do think that there's this pressure for like baby to come out and you're just like overwhelmed and in love with them. And like, you're a mom. And it's like you said, you get all these maternal instincts and, um, and you know, some people definitely do feel that. And, but I, I like that you said, you know, it's okay if you don't like, it's okay if it takes you time to like learn this human and truly, I mean, of course you love them from the start, but more so like fall in love with, with them and the aspect of being a mom and stuff. It definitely, um, can take time because it is so, so, so much change. I mean, it's beautiful and it's amazing, but it's, it's a lot of change and your whole world um, changes. (laughs) It does. Like even like little things like, you know, this morning I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to go to target today because I need to go to target and it's four o'clock and I'm probably not even going to do a simple thing, like make it to target because I'm a mom now. And that's just what happens. You know, I can't even I can't even go to target anymore. Like it takes me like three days to get one thing done. Um, yeah, because there are worlds and it can be, it can be, you know, like I said, equally beautiful and amazing, but also there are times where it's tough and you mourn kind of the life that you had before. And I think that we all need to be better accepting, like, I love this and I wouldn't change it for anything, but I'm also, I'm also mourning the life that I used to live because this is so far from it. Yeah. I I do think we need more space for that.
1: Yeah, and I know we'll wrap up, but there was a moment, I think, in the first week or two where I think my husband and I both looked at each other and were sort of like, What did we do? Like, are we, you know, I, and I know that sounds crazy, but no, it's, it's normal. Your point of mourning like that is real. You're sort of mourning what was, and it's okay to miss that. You know, it's, a, it's okay because you also are adjusting to what's new. And like now it's it's beautiful and I'm confident in it, but it. <laughs> <laughs> making noises. Um, but yeah, it just, it's an
0: adjustment. So, yeah, I think everybody has that thought at some point. Um, so it makes me really happy that you are bold enough to share that and admit that and be vulnerable with sharing that because, um, I think that you're lying. If you say that you've had a child and never felt an ounce of that, like everybody's had a night at three in the morning where they're like, what the hell did I do? Um, yeah. and like I said, you don't, they're lying to you if they say they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Anna, well, this was great. Um, Thank you so much for just taking the time out of your day to share your story. It
1: was my privilege. Thanks for listening and thanks for having me. Of course.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at whatthebumpclt. Check out our website, whatthebumpclt.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on, and tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.